So, welcome back. Matias, we were talking real quick yeah. about, like, the drug situation. Like, that was mind-blowing, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, about, like, the, the zero tolerance policy and everything. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. That is very strange. Yeah, it is very strange. Um, but I wanted to ask, like, what was it like... Because we spoke about how hip hop changed your life and how that gave you a sense of who you are. Yeah. That's the soundtrack to revolution, man. They, they told me I didn't have any internet. I didn't have like magazines like easily made available to me that I can read about other black people from around the globe. Mm. So hip hop was like an instant. It's like, oh shit, this is what's happening over here. It's like the whole black power concept was like, totally foreign to me and then it's like and all of a sudden you're listening to a group like PE telling you to fight the power you know right. like all the way and a lot of pride involved but it was also just so cool you, you got to learn about like how other people were doing and how other people were living and it's just like there wasn't a lot of black people around here around Gothenburg or around, around Gothenburg and it's like it's the same thing, almost, it's like, I learned a lot about South Africa from American rap. Yeah. Just, you know, talking about apartheid and it's just like their government. It's just like, they educated me on the world, basically. Mm. It was like being back in the hood and, and you could, you could, okay, we didn't have that kind of ghetto, because when I started listening to it, that's like, the epitome of like LA Crippin and blood. Right, right. It's like, okay. It's not, it's, it's not the same yeah. in Sweden, especially not back then. Okay. Uh, but it was exotic and, and exciting. And it's like, they didn't have that gangster rap you have nowadays when it's just like, mm. I do Molly Percocet and yeah. This, this was like they were selling the drugs not doing the drugs yeah exactly and, <laughs> and it was social critic I mean like yeah. a guy like Ice Cube waking back up again yeah right now yeah Ooh. right now and you can see right now yeah. it's almost like modern hip hop has nothing to say about this I don't see all these I don't see the biggest guys okay they're out there protesting right. but the soundtrack to this as well if you look on social media it's that old joint. It's fight the power. It's welcome to right. the terror. Right, 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 it's, right. it's like fuck the police. It's exactly. like those kinds of songs like right. coming back out there with that conscious social rap. But it's like a cat in the I mean, when Ice Cube put out the America's Most Wanted album with three Ks, mm -hmm. it was pandemonium. Yeah, it was. It got up there. It's like <laughs> the vice president and the vice president's wife, Tipa Gore, were talking about it. Yeah. And it's just like everybody's so scared. I mean, are people actually scared of rappers anymore? I don't think so. No. Like that. I, I don't know. No. I mean, if you take NWA, they made people uncomfortable for real. White Which, people. Yes, 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 real. yes. They made some black people uncomfortable too now. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, of course. But if you, if you got to look at it nowadays, like, friends that are actually uncomfortable around black people and it's just, Maybe that's a good thing, actually, mm -hmm. when I think about it. But there should be some level of uncomfort thinking about the situation. Thinking about what's happening. Yeah, yeah people absolutely. are very, people here are very, 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 I wouldn't even say 
comfortable, I would say like oblivious. Yeah, but old people, you shouldn't be afraid to be uncomfortable. No, you shouldn't. That's uh, where the change comes. That's exactly. where growth comes from. Yeah, yeah. For, me, for me as well, because I, I wasn't like into like all this, well, you know, men, female stuff, feminism. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to school in my old days and educated myself. And it was really uncomfortable. I started feeling really yeah. bad for all the shit I've done as a man throughout the years. And I mean, that's a good thing. Because it took hold and you realize, okay, I cannot be this person anymore. This is not, this is not by any stretch on the road. All right. Yeah. And I changed. Absolutely. And that was painful. But I mean, doing the right thing is painful. It is. It is. All the time. Uh, and you put yourself at risk all the time. Yeah. You're supposed to like shed friends. You're supposed to, well... Yeah, changing your life does mean changing your circle too. Yeah, like, and, and absolutely, you somebody might even try to knock you out when yeah, you're out there. Yeah, absolutely. That is a problem for a lot of the younger generation that's grown up on the internet because they're used to saying so much shit. Wild shit without having any repercussions. Shit. No repercussions. Yeah. In my days, you said that to a person's face, you get knocked the fuck out. Yeah, it, but that's that is in a lot of ways just the way it's supposed to be like yes you have freedom of speech but you also have to take the consequences of your Absolutely. speech like you're supposed to say with your whole chest and be out there ready for whatever happens because of that yeah we we have talked about how you even got hip-hop back in the day you told me about like being 13 and yeah. like a teenager we had to travel to get hip-hop <laughs> it's no downloading things there's no record store in Gothenburg that's got hip hop. I think they had like half, half, like maybe 20 records at one store. Okay. And none of them was the records that we wanted to buy anyway. <laughs> right, so, right, right. Yeah, well, maybe, I mean, maybe they had Run DMC, Racing Hell, because they were still superstars, like, we yeah. walk this way. And, like, that and also, run, yes, I was just going to say the crossover, yes. Yeah, uh, and I love Run DMC, don't get me wrong, but. I was after public enemy. I was after De La Soul. We right, was after, right. Like and and like even the clothes. We didn't even have Converse in Sweden back in those days. We had Are you like, serious? No, it's American ego. I think we had to buy looking exactly like Converse. Mm, American mm, Eagles. Mm. Uh, that's what we had. So uh, well, they had one store down in Copenhagen, but most of the time we we take the ferry over to London that's to crazy. get what we need, and then. Two DJs got tired of doing this. So they started like fl flying to England and then flying to America, buying albums, come back, and they opened a record store. But yes. even then, if you wanted an album, you had to sign your name in the list and line up for it. So, you know, like, okay, NWA, Niggas for Life's coming out in like two months. You had to put your name on the list. <laughs> they just wait for it. And you didn't get no email or anything either because you didn't have any Because what was email? So you had yeah. to go there every day for two weeks like, okay, is my record in yet? And is it my turn to get the record? And it's like, no, okay, I'll be back tomorrow. It's like, <laughs> it was work, man. You had to work to get the, those albums and yeah. like, those clothes. It's like the sneaker game now. Like, but that was dope. Everything now, is readily available. Yeah. Except for the things you have to line up for online. But, but still... If you managed to go to England and you came home with like a pair of brand new SPX or troop sneakers, 
you were the king. Right, right, right. And I mean, right. <laughs> of the whole of Gothenburg, nobody else had doper sneakers than you. <laughs> now they see them and say, oh, what's the name of the model? And they go online and they find it on eBay or whatever. Or you're a part of a cook group and yeah. you have multiple, multiple people lining up in raffles all over the planet. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Everything, everything in that genre is kind of dead now. Like sneaker games, done dead because people have so many bots yeah. in the middle of their cook groups. And then, like, right. when it comes to clothes, it's the same thing. But like, and the fact that every every part of musical history is basically on your phone, except for the thing that you have on the table, which I will explain. Basically, essentially, a Walkman. Yeah that you put a tape into and plug it directly into your laptop via USB and it will digitize mixtapes that you cannot find like old Swisher House, old yeah. DJ Clue. Exactly. Oh my God. And written on the DJ back side Juice. Of the song saying, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah, dope. Yeah, an MP3 version of it. Well, I'm going to get to like transforming a lot of music soon. Yo, you got to... Yeah, like special songs on these tapes that I'm like, I haven't heard for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like the paparazzi version, but with Chino XL instead of Exhibit. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, getting back to like you as a person, though. Yeah, yeah cool. Because this is more about you. Like, how did... um? But this is me as a person. Hip Hip hop has shaped my person so much. Right. So much. It's, it's like almost the essence of, okay, I got a lot of other things shaping my person, but hip-hop has been like the dominating culture form in my life since I was 15, and still is. I'm not going to start listening to dance bounce music just because I'm 47 now. Are you sure? Like, yeah, I'm pretty damn sure. I'm going to be in the nursing home listening to Public Enemy. It's just, just, that's just the way it is. <laughs> it's gonna be dope you know wheeling like have a cane yeah trying to trying, somebody to, playing the trying to do the wop yeah somebody playing the accordion like <laughs> I don't even know what that would sound like I'm not even gonna try <laughs> um so how how was it to then like I know we went super in depth about how you started rapping yourself. Yeah. What was the transition like from being just like kid that is in love with hip hop? Was it natural or was it like, well, actually, was there a longing since you first heard hip hop to get into it? Or was it just like something that formed over time? But I mean, it, I, I, th I think it's like, it's like anything. It's like, for a while there, Sweden had like a lot of good tennis players. You know, started with Björn Borg and then mm -hmm. with Stefan Erbein and Mats Wilander. And that gave birth to a lot more good yeah. like Swedish tennis players. Now, if we're talking about identifying, there wasn't like any black people to identify with on TV. There was the Cospies, but you know. No. I never aspired to be a doctor like that, or, right. or it's, it's just... And then these guys came along, and I immediately started identifying, because it was black people doing something cool, and all my friends thought it was cool. 
And I guess it just sort of came naturally. It's like me and two white friends said, okay, we're going to make a hip-hop band. It was the first hip-hop band I ever had. And it wasn't even a discussion. It was just like, I guess, unspoken. But it was like, okay, you're the black guy, so you're the rapper in the band. <laughs> okay. But it's, it's just, that, that was the way it was. Right. It's, it's almost like, me and my friend was talking about this the other day. Like R&B used to be the black man's game. Dancing and swinging, soul music, and then Justin Timberlake came along and just stole everything as well. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding, but it was kind of like that back then. It was if you rap, you were black. Duh. Maybe except for Goob and Brigade, which rap with you also like yeah. Goob, yeah. Yeah, but but it's it's just it was just like rappers are black, and it came about naturally because that's what we saw and that's what it was. You know, and we had no place to learn, no. No, like, courses or in-depth documentaries. You had to courses? Go. No, but nowadays you can take, like, rap courses. You can go, you can take dance courses in whatever kind of dance moves you like. Facts, facts. And for all the guys that I know that started out breakdancing, it was just like, okay, we had a copy of Wild Style on crappy VHS. Yeah. So we're just going to watch that around the clock and try to do what the hell I do. Try to make, do. yeah. Like, make these moves possible gotcha. and it was, it was the same with rap you know you started out trying to sound like your heroes and just got about like that and, and, and like the rap I started doing it wasn't even it wasn't even like NWA that era it was like you know that Kumo D Bismarck wow wow, wow you know yeah yeah it's like <laughs> I used to love the fat boys they are back. They are back. Yeah. One of those guys are dead, right? And you know that they could never be whack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yo, I, might have, I might have a fat boy's vinyl at the crib. Oh, that's I cool. might. <laughs> and I think Daddy Kane. I'm not that much younger than you. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't that, this, that's the thing that kills me now. They call us old school, but it's like, yeah. if you are going to be correct, the new school started with like, Public Enemy, Tribe Called Quest, Della Soul. That's where the new school starts. True, the old true, school true. Is older than that. If we are going to be I mean, correct, man, which we are. Dude, I interviewed a kid that was 22 yesterday, and I was like, dude, I'm only near miles, man. Man, yeah. this is weird. But yeah, like, I, it's it's it is really interesting. But it is at that point, and I mean, I am almost I am happy that this is happening right now. All the Black Lives Matter stuff. Mm -hmm. But I am surprised at people being surprised. So am I. Because so there I. is nothing new under the sun. There's, there have been yeah. race riots in America <laughs> since forever. And mm. rappers have been talking about it like forever. It's in all of our culture, though. It is in every movie. It's in movies. It's in TV shows. It's yeah. in poetry. It's in... Like, yeah, like you said, like, rap music for, since the, its formation. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always been there. It's always been there. And so it has been in my, in me, since those days as well. Like, as, as a person, I mean, they were talking about, like, not, not only, like, the conflict between white America and black America, but also, like, Korean America and black America. Jews yeah. and Black America, and it's like all of these things and subjects. Yeah. It has been like that, though. It's been a... 
Yeah, for but our. But what is surprising to me that there are so many people listening to hip hop. So many people. I got so many friends into hip hop that are clueless. Because I don't think they're actually listening. And <laughs> I don't want to take it to um, White Man Can't Jump. But like, like Wesley Snipes is explaining to Woody Harrelson, like, you can hear Jimi Hendrix, but you can't hear it. Yeah. You listen, but you can't hear it. Uh, it's kind of the same thing. Like, people could rap along to the music, but unless they've actually lived through some kind of... Unless they've actually had to deal with racism, they don't understand how prevalent... Like, it's, it's like a joke I say, or... I've been seeing this meme yeah. where there's an iceberg and yeah. the water, right? Yeah, exactly. So the bottom is the racism you don't see. The tip of it is what's filmed. But the part that I keep throwing into the meme is that the ocean itself yeah. is white supremacy. It's like Chris Rock says, like, it's a white bus boy in here right now that won't change trade places with me. Yeah, yeah. I'm rich. And I'm rich. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that can listen to hip hop and see it as performance, yeah. not just, not actual um, protests yeah. and provocation. Well, but it is what it is, man. I'm getting bugged down in the hip hop again. So. Nah, 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 definitely not, definitely not. I mean, it is, like you said, it's, it's a part of your life, it's a part of who you are. Yeah. And how was that to be specific, like when you got to travel? for being a rapper. I mean, like, that, that's, that's the dopest thing because you could go anywhere in the world and you instantly had something common with somebody. And especially back in the days, I mean, like, it's no mystery that, like, most of the old heads in Sweden know each other because, like, every week, if there was a hip-hop jam or if there was a hip-hop artist here, it was basically the same 400 people that travel from all across Sweden <laughs> yeah. to go there and see that. And I mean, the people down in Malmö were a little bit more lucky than us because Copenhagen had a lot of hip-hop shows that we didn't get. And especially back in those days, artists that came to Sweden, it was just like Malmö, because it was close to Copenhagen, Stockholm. and then Stockholm, because that yeah. was the biggest city. So you always had to travel like one either, direction. Yeah, either way. Other. But that's dope, because you get to know like hip-hop people from different cities and like, you go down to Copenhagen, it was like a whole lot of vibe, like the streets and they had a foot locker and they had like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, that, all those kinds of things that we absolutely did not have. Do we even have a foot locker now? I don't think there's don't one in Stockholm. So. I don't think so. No, there's no foot locker in Sweden. No, no, no we, we got those specialized sneaker stores, like, like sneakers and stuff and Shelta, yeah. they're the biggest, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Shout out to Peter and Andre. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, they've been doing it since like forever. But it's like, and you got to travel all over Sweden. It's like small ass towns. <laughs> and, That's got to be crazy though, because like even I've been here for fifteen years, and I think the country has definitely changed. Oh yeah. On a on a like overt aggressive racial side. But I still, to this day, I'm not trying to go out to those small towns and like just hop out at the gas station. Like I'm trying to get out, pay at the pump, and then pump the gas and get the fuck out. But like, I actually find that most of the time they're better because in so many ways they are just absolutely clueless. 
not racist. They're just from a small place and hasn't seen much else. And everybody speaks this way. But they will often treat you. I, I kind of find more open-mindedly than in the big city where everybody's afraid of you. Really? Yeah. But it's, it's also that element of they're in the majority right then, so you're not as much of a threat. <laughs> but, okay, but okay. It is true, though. I mean, there was a lot of racism back in the day, but people wasn't scared of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We talked about it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I never had no problem in the country, so there's a lot of idiots. There's idiots everywhere. Yeah, bro. there's idiots <laughs> everywhere. Uh. And I, you know me, actually, I, I'm kind of a social guy. Yeah. So I'm pretty easy going. I, I have kind of an easy time making friends. And I also have the ability to just shrug things off. Yeah. If I'm going to be mad about everything, I'm going to be mad all the time. That's what people don't understand. You have to choose your battles. Yeah. Because if I go around mad all the time, that, that's not a battle. Uh, I'm trying to get over it, but I am. But it's, it's like now. I am that dude, though. I am always mad about yeah. some racist shit or some sexist and, and shit. You or should some, be, but you have uh, to take breaks or you will break down. It's like I've seen multiple people writing this. And I copied it myself. It's like, it, it's a marathon. It's not a hundred yard dash. No, yeah, of course. Of and course. Th- this is actually maybe the first time in my life I've been feeling like I am so tired and vulnerable after all of this. Right. That is, I, I, I need to lay down. Like, not just have a break. I need to lay down in my bed and sleep because this has got me worn out. Right. I've never felt that way before. And I do not know why it's hitting me now. Maybe it's because now it feels meaningful, like, like there's actually some progress happening. Yeah, 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 I feel you. Yeah. So, so you get your hopes up and you get into it that more. Is, and yeah. like, like before I was watching this, it's like, yeah, yeah, but it's like the cops are still going to buy it. So, okay. Uh, I definitely, I posted on my Instagram, like I've been here before. Yeah. Um, and it's not me saying that I've been in a position where I'm at a protest or I'm seeing protests happen in such a large scale. It's more of I'm in a position now that I was in in the mid 90s where I was like crazy hopeful, like looking at the possibilities of systematic change. And it did not happen at all. And maybe that's a part like the same. I don't know how it was here, but like, yeah, I felt like there might be a positive change coming in didn't happen and that that loss of hope definitely made me lay down but like now the fear of my hope being lost that is what's make what makes me personally tired so i feel you on that so but i don't know man because i tend to think a lot nowadays about not myself but what am i gonna say to my kids about these things Mm-hmm. How am I going to explain everything that's going on to them? And it's like, they're young, they're six and ten. Now I have to start to try to explain systemic racism to them without destroying their world completely. And that gets to me mm-hmm. more than for myself, because I can handle it. Still remember, like, I was about the same age as Oliver, maybe like nine, ten 
The first time I just like realized, and we, we went down to France on vacation, my parents, mm -hmm. and I saw skinhead for the first time. Nazi symbols everywhere, like right. tall, shaved head, boots. And I'm just like, oh, who's this person looking all crazy on the beach? I didn't know what a swastika was or like anything. Beach. And my dad just set me down and he's like, okay, there are people in this world that do not like people of your color and of other races. And it was... I mean, it took me, oh, it took me all of two days, but I mean, for two days at the age of 10, that went like mauling around my head. It was just like, what? Mm. People don't like me because my color and, and it's just, it's but just I, insane. Yeah. And I have to do that to my kids because I have to, there's no, no getting around it. Ah. Huh. I talked yeah. to my kids very early, but my kids came home from preschool because yeah. my kids started talking early we've met i talk a lot yeah <laughs> uh but no they came home early talking about kids saying shit to them and i had to start that at preschool at preschool age so like three four five years old but that's the crazy thing when i was young that happened in preschool too but it was so normal that you didn't even i didn't even and I didn't even take offense because, I mean, that's what I, Jesus you know, Christ. so I didn't come home crying. It was just like, okay, yeah, well, I guess. Wow. You know? Wow. That's insane though. But, but, it is. Know. It is. I'm sorry, man. That's a rough, like, that's a rough situation. Yeah. I'm going to take a break real quick. Let's get down to the major question that is always being asked. Yeah. <laughs> Matthias, where are you from? I was born in Ethiopia, but I am from Gotham. Yeah. You know, this has been my life. I have no connection to my Ethiopian family. It's like right. I have never taken part of that culture or mm. it's been the body. <laughs> so five months old. So you've always stated that? Yeah. Like? Yeah, always. It's always been, even like when you're out of the country, we, but we talked about it, like how you've said it in America, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it's like we talked about, you know what people are asking when they are asking from you. It's just, you, you got that sixth sense. You know if they're asking, are you American? Or you know if they're asking, so... Where in Africa are you hailing from? Or mm. it's like you know what they mean when they say you're from Africa. Even here in Sweden, when they ask, "So where are you from?" I know they do not want to know if I'm from Mayana or Cotodor. Like, but how do you know that? Because that's what I be asking, like, I and that's do, what I mean. I do not know, but like, there's a in forty-seven years of life. Maybe I've been wrong twice, <laughs> and somebody said to me, "No, no, I meant what part of town are you from?" You know? Wow. So. Well, it might not be six, and maybe it's just that everybody is asking the same question. I don't know, but but I think you you develop a sixth sense about it. No. 
like what, what what are your intentions with this with this questionnaire what do you want to know it's like best part is like we're standing around and talking to people and somebody has started knowing says i have two ethiopian friends right i have two chinese friends <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I didn't ask you about it, so, so why are you telling me this out of the blue? It's just like, <laughs> but I mean, would you, would you ever do that to like another white Swedish person? Just go like, I have other white Swedish I, friends. I, I, I have two white friends. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. That's such a strange occurrence, and it happens like often. That's super weird, man. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's super weird. <laughs> you know what? I have Ethiopian friends. Okay. I, yeah. I have Sri Lankan friends. Thank yeah. you. Cool. Or is this a contest? Yeah, exactly. Like, this, this is a contest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, like, do you feel like you're going to have to talk to your kids about that, though? Oh, absolutely. About what? They should say or like oh, you're gonna let them just like figure I, it out for themselves I mean some of it they're gonna have to figure it out for themselves yeah. I mean I, I can't tell them what to feel but I'm definitely gonna have to talk with them and explain something that be surprised how often you have to explain it to grown up people it's like I am Swedish not Ethiopian, but I'm also black, not white. There's a difference. <laughs> right, right. But too many people don't pick up on that. And, and, and I know, in some sense, all people from our continent, Africa, are Ethiopians, Congo, or, or, or Africans, like even yeah. or black in the diaspora. Absolutely. I can agree with that. But I have... I have absolutely, I have the experience of being black mm. in Europe, but I do not have the experience of being African. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. I know a lot of Africans. On my other podcast, I talk about it. Yeah. But it's from a different perspective because my family was taken to America and they yeah. literally built the entire country yeah. for free under duress, under the threat of death and violence. Yeah. So for me to say, like, of course I, of course I am an African-American, but for me to say that I'm just African would be doing, yeah. it would be disrespectful to my, to my ancestors. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But it's a, it's a complicated issue, but I'm going to have to add. And the other thing that is so interesting is like, my kids are half black, white, and everybody is so intent on black. I, I tell my children that they're black because the you, white you side are, doesn't you are do not anything. Welcome on this side, you are black. But no, it's not that they're not welcome. It's that the white side doesn't give them anything. It doesn't make them better because throughout history, that has always been looked at as the better side. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I, I tell my kids, I'm like, nah, man, you're black because. At the crib with your mother, yeah. And that's another thing. I Everything's normal. You guys are the same. But as soon as you step outside, yeah. the world treats you differently. You experience the world differently than your mother does. Yeah. And I had to have so, this talk with like the teachers at kindergarten. It's like kindergarten is so 
old school in the teachings and they're like it's the worst yeah African kids are poor and I'm like no no there are poor kids in Africa absolutely there are poor kids here African kids are not poor there are poor kids here as well stop teaching them that black people live in huts oh my god this is it's like this 2020 wow you know so the richest and biggest cities in the world are in Africa. Yeah. Full infrastructure, people living in houses and apartments, just like you. But I mean, this is part of colonialism. It's like if somebody says India, I promise you, 80% of Swedes get a picture of the head of Mowgli from the Jungle Book on a donkey on his way to the market. What? I promise you. But that's the way... We've been conditioned. That's the way they portray us in the media. In oh, yeah. Sense that, Without a doubt. So, it's just... But like, it is what it is, but it's got to change. For black folks, I know that. Or for the continent of Africa, yeah. But... Yeah, but for India as well, the third fastest growing economy in the world. I wonder what they... I wonder what people think of... Yeah, I don't know, man. The media here is really horrible. I'm glad that guy got fired today. Yeah. yeah uh, the TV4 guy. What was his name? Uh, Alexander Bard. Oh, okay. He's uh, a fucking moron. He's a liberal. He's, uh, sorry, he's a liberal as well. Oh, and, and what the fuck does that matter? <laughs> it matters because that's his worldview. That everybody has got the same... Chance. F- chance, the same foundation... And that you have done a little bit worse than him is just because he has made better choices <laughs> and he's just a little <laughs> bit smarter than you are. And this is, this is what they're saying. They're saying like, oh, <sighs> if you make better choices, oh my God. and I make better choices because I'm a smarter person, it has nothing to do with if your mom and dad is an alcoholic or if society is pushing you down. You can make better choices too and you'll be... A, that's right, his right. worldview. Okay, okay. And that's got everything to do with it. With his in liberalism, case, yeah. And what he said as well. Yeah. Because that's not the way he views things. I fucking hate. Sorry. I, I, I have... Yo, you can say... Not a soft spot for liberals. Be honest. Be honest, man. Just use whatever word you need to. Like, <laughs> this is not for children. No, exactly. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a step in the right direction, though. For yeah. real. Um. Thank you, Matthias. Anything else you want to say, plug, talk about about like the work that you do? I just want to. I see. I, I work with youth, and and I kind of realize that it, it's a harder world out there now in many ways, but it is getting better. I mean, we've been talking now like this has been going on for years and stuff like that. But like the Black Matters demonstration that happened here in Gothenburg. One week ago I today. I put that on Instagram. I went to that. I put that on Instagram as well. That could not have happened when I was young. Okay. So we are making progress. As in, people wouldn't have come out like that when I was young at all. And it's, it's the same thing with everything. You see, nobody had a vegetarian meal mm-hmm. at lunch break when I was young in school. Now, maybe 30, 40% of kids are having a vegetarian meal and they, right. think, and they think it's cool. Yeah. So I mean, it things <laughs> are getting better on so many levels, but it takes so much longer. And we should have basic human rights 
right now. Yeah. But it's not going to happen. It's going to take generations still, I think. And it's going to take a lot of fighting, too. Don't tell me to be patient, but I realized that it's long-term fight. Mm-hmm. And I think we are doomed as a species to repeat mistakes over and over again. So I actually think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And then it's going to be good for a while. Then it's going to get worse again. We're going to have to do this all over. Mm. So you went for the long, long game. I'm in for the long, long game. I'm, I'm just hoping it's like an asteroid don't crash into the earth tomorrow. And I'm sad for my kids because they're not born in the best of times. But of course, could be worse. Could have been born due to slavery. Yes, true. So it's just, it's just you have to be positive all the time. It's like it, it is, it is changing. It's not good. It's still systemic and. But it's such a vast system that has to be broken down and dismantled. No. Not only racism, it's capitalism. It's well, there is no capitalism without racism, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's so many things. There's no capitalism without imperialism. There's no, no capitalism without colonialism. They're, they're, you know, the rake, the, the, the gardening hoe, yeah. the, the water hose of capitalism. Yeah. Like, Yo, yeah, I had one more thing. To all the racist people out there that don't like black people and don't want them to come to Europe, stop stealing our shit and we won't be coming to Europe. It's as easy as that. Leave the fucking oil and gold and the natural resources over there and leave those people alone to handle the shit. We won't come over here because we don't have to. Okay? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's really simple. Stop bombing different uh, people exactly. of indigenous descent back to the stone age so that they have no way of self-determination and exactly. figuring out infrastructure for their own countries. Oh, Jesus Christ. But I mean, people need, European people need to stop acting like Africa would fall apart. If, if every white person left Africa tomorrow. Africa would be straight. Do, do you think, I mean, do you really think that Africa would just self-destruct? No, it wouldn't. It's a good narrative to tell yourself though. It's a good narrative to tell yourself that you're the savior and you're yeah, doing the it's right like, thing. Yeah, it's that white saviorism. While you're secretly stealing all the yeah. resources. That, that's, what, that's what I mean. It's just like, no, and everybody's really like, oh, we got democracy and we got... Yeah, but you had 250 years of peace to work that shit out in calm, cool, collected, and not always a calm, cool, collected, but... You had a lot of peace time to handle this. How the hell are you going to discuss women's rights or gay rights when there are bombs raining down on you daily? Yeah, yeah. When it's for your life. Exactly. That is factual. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. No. Don't make no sense. Sorry, I got a bit loud. <laughs> Don't be scared to be the loud black man. Preaching. I've, I've been in my whole life, sir. Yeah. Um, the angry black man. I have been always, always, and I'm gonna stay angry. Yeah, I'm gonna stay black. I'm gonna stay white angry. White man's never angry. Oh, even when they're He's angry, it's, it's righteous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's righteous anger. Righteous indignation. Fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> get, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, but yo, man, I appreciate it. Thank you. No Thank you so much.
And thank everyone. Thank you for listening. Hey. Peace, peace.